The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Throw podcast. We got suspensions and resignations, a draft, a team that should not be doing as good as they are, and a team that should be in Major League Baseball. Rays hit a rough spatch, and we've got some NASCAR things to talk about. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Throw podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. I actually stumbled upon some Righteous Felon Jerky in the gas station I regularly go to at work. I uh, was shocked to see the stand sitting there with Righteous Felon right down the road from my house. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. But if you don't have it in a local gas station, you can get it online, RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com, pro, promo code BELLYUP. And uh, welcome into the show. I'm Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Good, doing good. Good to be here. Yeah, you were you made an appearance on the fantasy baseball show on Sunday as well, and uh, and so that was always that was a good time as well. And uh, but always good to be here on Wednesday nights talking to all things sports. Sadly, the big things going on in the world of sports right now are things that we really don't pay a whole lot of attention to. But we're going to hit some topics today, some things we do know about, and uh, maybe a couple things that we don't know about. I want to start off in the college basketball world, and uh, Penny Hardaway gets a three-game ban for a recruiting violation or multiple recruiting violations. I didn't even know we had recruiting violations anymore, Dad. I thought it was the wild, wild west. Um, what are your thoughts on Penny and his uh, suspension? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I didn't know you could get a recruiting violation anymore, but um, apparently you can. Apparently. Um, they enforce, you know, some of the rules or guidelines um, there. But, um, yeah, that's that's a little bit surprising the way everything is going. But, um, of course, you know, I've always liked Penny Hardaway, and and we'll see. Of course, it's just three games, first three games of the year, so they, they should be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's only three games. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, according to Jeff Borzello of ESPN, he says uh, that NCAA, let's see, suspended him for recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules. Uh, so there's a panel that announced the suspension, and uh, it was uh, something to do with a, a recruit in the class of 2023. Uh, two in-home visits in 2021 with this recruit is what it stems down to. Um, so... Again, three games. What I've learned in college basketball is everybody's doing something that's not that's against the rules. So if you get caught and you get suspended, it's usually just kind of masking the bigger issue of what's going on in the recruiting world and things like that. So I was surprised. Uh, I mean, I know Penny was up to some some things, and uh, he's trying to get Memphis up to winning ways, and he's not been able to have success with them. I mean, he brought in some big-time recruits, but he really hasn't been able to have the success that he was supposed to have. 
And uh, so I'm interested to see kind of what uh, what happens now. Um, if it changes anything, I doubt that it does. Uh, but I, I was surprised by this one, Dad. Uh, very much surprised by Penny getting suspended, but it is what it is. Uh, but that's not the only college basketball news with, with a head coach that happened earlier. Uh, Bob Huggins, West Virginia, gets a DUI and uh, ultimately resigns, as this is not the first time that Bob Huggins has found himself in the trouble. Uh, but, I mean, Huggy Bear, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's uh, a good basketball coach. But, again, he's he's gotten in trouble a couple of different times, and this time uh, it was kind of the last straw, and West Virginia was nice enough to let him resign. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on good old Huggy Bear? Well, I've, again, I've never been a big fan of his. I've been surprised that he's still been in coaching. But like you said, he's a good coach. Um, he, you know, he can recruit. He has results. He turned things around in West Virginia. Um, but he's one probably of several, but definitely one that, you know, I'm not a big fan of. And I'm always surprised that people go back and hire people like that sometime. Um, but but again, that's kind of the way it is. If you can win, then you can keep your job. And and um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad maybe this kind of came to a head here. Um, will he resurface again? You know, who knows? We'll see. But um, yeah, anyhow, saw, not a big Huggins fan. I saw on social media uh, a post that said he'll be the Louisville head coach within two years, um, which <laughs> which makes sense with considering the people they've hired. Um, how, how, uh, enticing, how big is that West Virginia job? Uh, do you think at this point in time? Um, well, West Virginia, of course, has a, has a very loyal and rabid fan base. So I think it's a good job. I don't know that it's one of the top 10 or top 20 in some ways, but again, um, you know, West Virginia has been a good team. And um, uh, it's definitely not a bad job, no doubt about that. I think you would look at somebody that's an assistant or someone wanting to move up the ladder um, would make sense at West Virginia rather than maybe a big name moving to there. I don't think that'd be a lateral move. Yeah, the two names that I've seen the most are Andy Kennedy at UAB. Of course, he was at Ole Miss. Uh, and then Jared Calhoun at Youngstown State. Both of them were assistance to Huggins. Their names have been very prominent uh, in the rumor mill here as of late. I've not really seen any other names that are legit uh, names at this point. Uh, there's lots of names thrown out there, but everybody's just trying to write articles. But it seems like Andy Kennedy would be the most um, successful coach, I guess would be the right word for it. Uh, that, that might be on the radar for West Virginia. Uh, but Jared Calhoun has, has done well at Youngstown State and has the ties there as well. I'm curious too, you know, with West Virginia and their conference, the conference is looking to add some basketball schools. I wonder if that helps the West Virginia job at all. Um, for instance, if a UConn joins, uh, joins the conference, well, now your basketball is completely different. And maybe that helps draw in a bigger name than what would be there otherwise. I, do you think that plays any role into it at all? And I, I mean, I wonder if this would be a good place for Kermit Davis if he would resurface at a place like this. Um, I, you know, but uh, again, um, I don't know. I, I think again, I think West Virginia is not a bad job. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I've seen I've seen those two names, Andy Kennedy and Jared Calhoun 
from the day one. And I guess just with their, now again, maybe West Virginia doesn't want to go with a Huggins assistant, which would make some sense, but they're also talking about trying to keep the roster intact because uh, with the transfer portal, everybody could just jump right out. So uh, they might have to go with a Huggins guy just to keep the roster intact. I have no idea, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes down, who gets that job and what happens uh, there. Of course, in the NBA, uh, right now, the big news is the fact that they've got a draft coming up tomorrow. Victor Wambayama will be the number one overall draft pick to San Antonio. Uh, now, me and Dad do not—we don't cover the NBA on a regular basis. We won't pretend to know a lot about what's going on here, um, outside of the fact that we know Victor's going one. Uh, we know that Scoot or Miller's going two and three. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes down. There's all kinds of trade talks. Uh, with Damian Lillard possibly going somewhere else. Uh, James Harden still, you know, everybody assumes he'll land back in Philadelphia. Um, but there's a lot of names out there right now, Zion Williamson even possibly as a trade. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what uh, what goes down with all that. We're, we're expecting a lot of trades in the coming, uh, coming hours, uh, really, uh, as well. So it uh, looks like the Nuggets made a trade with the Pacers to get first-round pick for this season uh, as well. So there's things happening right now. Uh, I'll be interested to see how it all shakes down. I love the draft. Even if I don't watch the NBA like I used to, I still love the draft, love off-season stuff. And being a former diehard Phoenix Suns fan uh, and, uh, and, and following Kentucky basketball, uh, it was intriguing with the trade this week uh, that's not officially official yet. Uh, but it's a done deal with Brad Beal uh, going to Phoenix, joining Kevin Durant, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker, and uh, that leaving Chris Paul kind of out in the wind. Technically, he's a wizard at the moment, but uh, the expectation is he won't ever put on a jersey in Washington. He'll end up somewhere else, and maybe when the trade is finalized, that'll be because they found a third team to get involved with that. Dad, the NBA is moving stars uh, as much or more than any other professional league, it seems like right now. Um, do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing, or it doesn't matter at all? Um, well, I mean, I've always thought it's a bad thing because, I, to me, again, you like to have a team and you like to say this is my team. And, you know, the NBA switches around so much. It's definitely the NBA is all about players and kids following players now yeah. um, from there. And uh, that's really where it's become um, there. And the NBA draft, like I said, I enjoy drafts, but the NBA draft – I remember last year we were talking, you know, it's very confusing. Yeah. You don't know when the draft's done, now who, where, where's everybody at and who, who traded with who. And, you know, um, it, it's, it's just not a real cut and dry type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to watch and see, you know, but, you know, who the Celtics get and different things like that. But, um yeah, it, it, and, and what I was hearing today, some nationally, was there could be a lot of trades, um, people trading up. You know, some teams make more sense for them to get the draft picks. Other teams might not benefit as much to turn things around from using the draft pick. And, um, you know, we'll just see where it goes. But, yeah, all the NBA and moving around from team to team, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's really good. But, you know, the NBA has been able to market these players and, um, and, you know, so, you know, they're successful, no doubt about that. And that's how they market it. You know, it's not, 
um, rivalry, you know, like used to be. It's not, boy, you know, the Celtics and the Sixers or the Lakers and the rivalry. It's, you know, on Christmas Day, here's LeBron James and here's this player and this player against this player. You don't even, you know, I don't even hardly mention the teams that are playing sometimes. So, um, but they've been able to market it successfully that way. And, um, you know, I don't know that it's good. You know, has it hurt things all the way down the line? Probably so. Of course, kids don't have to stay in college now. And, um, you know, it's different. It probably hasn't hurt college basketball. March Madness is still a big thing. But it's definitely changed the landscape of college basketball. And now with the transfer portal, college is getting a little bit like the pros as far as people switching around from team to team uh, there. Yeah, so a couple of things on what you just said. Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, that's the way it is now. Kids grow up as fans of a player, not fans of a team. And uh, and I don't like that. I think I think you need to support a city, support a team, whatever. Uh, but you do what you do, and and it is what it is. So, you know, that's, that's the way it works now. Um, but you mentioned something, too, that I, I actually thought about earlier today. Uh, and it was the fact that I think we're done talking about high schoolers coming to the NBA right away. That was a big talk just a year or two ago. But now that the NIL is out there, it actually, there's no reason to rush kids into the pros because they can make their money in college or they can go to the G League as well. So I don't think we're going to have high school players jump directly into the NBA anytime soon. What it has done, though, is made that transfer portal even crazier because uh, now you got guys that are looking for better opportunities looking for more playing time or more visibility or whatever it may be. And part of that I'm okay with. Part of it still just irks me. Uh, I, I just don't understand why we can't commit to something and stick to it. And uh, I really feel like it's important that I think we're losing something in the generation that's coming up without commitment. And I think it's going to hurt long-term uh, as well. But that being said, your Boston Celtics are working on a trade to acquire Kristaps Porzingis uh, from from Washington, sending Malcolm Bragdon to Brogdon to the Clippers, and uh, basically the Wizards just getting expiring contracts and draft picks as they are tanking uh, this coming season as well. Uh, so there will be. I think they're going to see a lot of trades. I think we're going to see a lot of movement here in the next 24 hours uh, in the NBA, and and that's the kind of stuff that I like to watch and pay attention to and kind of see what goes down with all of that. This is Victor Wimbayama, Dad. I, I'm guessing you haven't seen much of him. I mean, 7-5, and the guy can do just about anything. Uh, the big question is, can he stay healthy? Because he is tall and, and not not super scrawny, but he's definitely not thick in any, any way either. Um, you know, and he's going to San Antonio, a, a place where Coach Popovich has had success with tall guys, big guys. And uh, and general success, you add him to a team that's down there. I love Kelton Johnson in San Antonio, so I'm excited to see that that fit, and we'll see how it shakes down. But uh, but you're right; it's all marketed as individual versus individual, not team versus team. And it would be nice to kind of stir up some nasty rivalries again. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a good nasty rivalry in the NBA between teams that just absolutely hate each other. Um, uh, Draymond Green's another player. He opted out of his contract. He's a free agent. So what will he do? Will he resign with with Golden State? Will he go somewhere else? Who knows? Uh, Bobby Brown. He's declined his option with the Nuggets. He's a free agent. He's probably going to get paid somewhere. 
Uh, and then what will Miami do to try to add to their team to get them over that next hump is a big question mark as well. Uh, NBA draft, though, Thursday night, and we'll see how it all shakes down, all the trades that go on there as well. Let's get into Major League Baseball, Dad. This is something we do follow uh, and talk about on a regular basis. And let's start with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they have now won 11 straight games. They are a game and a half up in the NL Central. They're in first place in the NL Central. Um, I'll let you talk for a minute on the Reds. Uh, what do you think? How do you think it's going to end? Uh, what's going on in Cincinnati? Well, a lot of excitement, obviously, around here in Ohio, uh, where I am, not that far from Cincinnati. And um, I definitely, I think, you know, has given them hope. Again, they brought up young players, so I think it's not just a matter of kind of a fluke. They started winning. Um, you know, they you get young players, and and you know, you're not you're not tied to to the failure, you know, that's been there before. Um, I, I don't know how this will end up. Um, it'd be easy to say, you know, 11 game win streak where they're going to go on a slide somewhere, but the issue here really is the division. Um, I, they, they could stay in this for, they could definitely stay in the division race for the year. Um, and, and we'll just have to see, you know, the, the, will the Brewers, you know, play good ball here consistently and, and, and catch up, uh, the Cardinals, I think maybe, maybe too far out really to be a situation there. Pittsburgh looked good for a while, but then they've kind of slipped now. Um, you know, the Cubs, everybody's right in there close and they don't have real great records. Um, but I, I would think this would give Cincinnati some confidence. Um, do they have the ability, you know, to dominate and, and hold on? I don't know that they do, but the question really is the division. Is there anybody in the division that's going to jump up there and really run away with it? You know, um, you know, next week this time, maybe the Brewers be back in first place and the Reds will be in second or third, but they're not going to be too far out more than likely. Um, so we'll just, we'll have to see, like I said, they've got young players. They've got some talent. There's no doubt about that, but do they have talent in their pitching? Do they have, you know, talent up and down the roster? Probably not. Um, but some young players have really come on. And of course, you know, Votto came back now, you know, whether that's a major thing, I don't know or not, um, from there, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, give fans a, a little recharge here from where they've been the last couple of years. I know I've not been the biggest positive guy on the Reds, but I mean, Hunter Green just got put on the injured list. Um, so he's going to be down for a couple of weeks. He, he's been struggling with a hip injury even before they put him on the injured list. He's their best pitcher and he's pitching with a 3.93 ERA. Now he strikes out guys, hundred strikeouts on the year and 73 innings pitched. Um, but if your best pitcher's pitching 3.93, that's not something that can sustain. Uh, now, granted, they've they've won by scoring scoring runs. Probably has been it. They've got some exciting guys. Jonathan India's playing well again. Spencer Steer's been good. T.J. Fradel's been good. Jake Fraley's been fine. Uh, they've got guys that have been stepping up, and of course, they bring up the young guys as well. Uh, and then Votto's return was uh, was magical, uh, but. I look at this team, Dad. There's only one team in the NL Central 
that has a positive run differential right now, and that's the Chicago Cubs. And they're two games under 500. Uh, so they're no good. Pittsburgh's on a nine-game losing streak. They finally have become what we expected them to be. St. Louis, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on in St. Louis, uh, but it ain't working. Uh, their pitching has been bad. has been poor. Milwaukee, to me, has been the best team except for the fact they have no consistency. One day they're great. The next day they're not. Uh, so a lot of struggle there as well. You look at the Reds, though. Um, you know, they've done it over with a variety of different teams. Now they, they kind of landed at the right time, right? So they beat the Cardinals, uh, which I think they started their win streak actually. Yeah. in uh, against the Cardinals and then they had Kansas city then they had Houston, which is a good one. Now they're in Colorado, uh, are playing Colorado. So those are, except for the Astros, those teams stink. Uh, and so, uh, they got the Braves coming up next. Then Baltimore follows that. Then San Diego follows that. I don't think this is going to carry over, and I think that uh, it won't be long before the Reds are back into second and eventually third and and possibly even fourth in division. I think they can hold on to third, uh, needless to say. The Brewers, on the other hand, um, they just lost two or three to the Diamondbacks, but they have the Guardians up next, then the Mets, then the Pirates. Mets and Pirates have not been good as of late either, so I think we're going to see that flip back uh, before too long. But what the Reds are doing is amazing. But I said it on Sunday, the worst thing the Reds can do right now is give their fans hope. And that's exactly what they've done. And it's going to shatter the city, shatter the fan base. And they're just going to be miserable people here within the next three weeks. Uh, Reds fans will be whining and griping about, oh, we were going to be World Series champions just a month ago. And now we're in third and out of the playoff race. So, uh, I feel bad for Reds fans because I know that day is a coming. Uh, San Francisco, though, is another team. Nine-game win streak uh, for San Francisco. They're in second place in the division. Uh, they're a game up on Los Angeles. They're six games up on San Diego. Three games back from Arizona. And this is a team that has a history of, uh, uh, of some good years. Um, they have the leading run differential in their division. And uh, they got some pitchers who've been playing pretty decent as well. So uh, you're a Giants fan. I know we talked about this on Sunday, but not all of our Wednesday listeners are Sunday listeners. Uh, give us a quick update on the Giants and, and what do you think about their sustainability? Well, I think the Giants could, could sustain this. Again, they've, they've done well. Now, again, they've, they've beat some teams that were not real good. But then again, you know, they swept the Dodgers as well as the Cardinals. And um, so far, they're doing well against the Padres, um, you know, this week so far. So we will, we, we will see. To me, they have a lot of different players that contribute. Like they said, their pitching has been, has, has been sustainable for sure and has been good. Uh, they have, they have a, a lot of different pitchers, just like they have a lot of different position players that they can uh, move around and use. I think their coaching is good, and um, I think that always helps there. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I, they're definitely not in a weak division, but um, they're, you know, not in a bad situation. The Dodgers have struggled. Now the Dodgers could snap back pretty quick. Uh, the deal will be, can they catch the Diamondbacks? And they are catching up with them. So uh, we'll see. You know, I, I hope the Diamondbacks stay good because I think the Diamondbacks and the Giants doing well this year and being in the race at the end of the year, you know, with the Dodgers would be a good thing uh, for baseball in a lot of ways. But um, right now, I don't see any reason to think the Giants, you know, um, 
aren't, aren't going to stay consistent. Now, injuries can always happen. But again, you know, the thing to me when I've watched the Giants, even the last couple of years, is um, just, you know, a different player kind of stars each night. And that's what happened here. You know, um, Yastrzemski's had a good year, but he's the guy that put it in McCovey Cove the other night in the 10th inning. And, um, you know, different players have come along well. So um, I think the Giants are are, are going to stay around at least here for a while. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where the Diamondbacks do. And, of course, you know, the Dodgers aren't that far behind. Um, San Diego has really struggled, and um, I don't know that they're going to be able to catch up. I mean, you look at their lineup, they've surely got the talent, but something is just not meshing there. So um, we'll see. Yeah, it's a long season. And, yeah. I mean, even nine games back, one series against, you know, and right now against San Diego, they've already won the first two San Francisco has. But, I mean, you play one series, three-game series, and you get swept. Well, that's that's a big turnaround. That's a, that, that helps you catch up quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. You said that San Francisco's catching up with the Diamondbacks. Well, they've won nine straight. I sure hope they are. <laughs> if they're not, then that's saying something. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? Three guys with double-digit home runs in San Francisco. Uh, Yastrzemski, Conforto, and J.D. Davis. Uh, you've got a bunch of guys with 20-plus RBIs on the team. Um, strikeouts are, you know, normal with what's going on around the league as well. Pitching really has been the difference maker, I think, for San Francisco. Uh, Logan Webb and Alex Cobb have led the way uh, in that. Anthony Descalfini, as a former Red, by the way, uh, has has done done well also, or done fine also. Uh, they got two more games against the Padres, but then they've got the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays. Uh, will be two tough series as well. And so we'll kind of see how they get through that. And then the other interesting thing, Dan, with a team like San Francisco is the trade deadline uh, in early July. And what will they do to, to add people to the team? Because you know the Dodgers are going to be out there shopping for something. Uh, you got to expect that Arizona's probably going to go out looking for pitchers would be my guess. I'd be shocked if they don't. Um, and so you've got to make sure that you're keeping up with the Joneses, so to say. And uh, you can't just stand pat while everybody else improves. Um, speaking of, uh, standing pat while someone else improves, look at the NL East Atlanta is the only team succeeding seven game win streak right now, six up on the Marlins who are falling back. Philadelphia's finally looked better. They're above 500. Uh, and like I said earlier, the Mets, I think the Mets are done. Sign them off. They're, they're, they're donezo in my opinion. Uh, but Philadelphia starting to play well, they can be dangerous because they are a loaded team. But I don't think anyone's catching Atlanta. They're another hot team in Major League Baseball right now. And they look like the best team in the National League, in my opinion. Uh, and Well, they are statistically, I suppose, even with the standings. But I, to me, I put Atlanta against anybody in the National League, and I'm picking Atlanta. Yes, now Atlanta's played well, and they seem to have things under control. And again, their division is such where they should be in good shape. But I think what you said is right about the trade deadline. I think there'll be a lot of um, moves there. And um, I think pretty much everyone that needs to, we'll have to see, you know, who's available and who the sellers are. I know when you talked about the Giants, um, the Giants tried to make a couple of big moves in the offseason, so they're not opposed to that. Uh, and what two years ago they signed Bryant and made a move um, there at the end of the year, and um, of course didn't have him the next year. So I think the Giants would definitely be looking at people and people like the Diamondbacks. I don't think there's any doubt. And um, 
Yeah, I, I'm, players might be very interested in going to those teams and making moves. And it'll just be interesting to see who the sellers are and what kind of, um, you know, one one thing would be big name players, but the biggest thing would be impact players, guys that could really come in and change things. Um, and, um, you know, if one or two teams get those players and the others don't, that can make a difference. Yeah, your sellers, Detroit and Chicago, both have pitchings, uh, pitchers that they can trade with value. Uh, I expect both of them to move some pitchers. I think you look at a team like Colorado as another team that could be a seller at the deadline as well. And they've got a couple pitchers. They're not aces, but they got pitchers that can help a team out. Would they trade them in the division? I'm not sure. That's not as big a deal in baseball as it is in some other sports. Um, but anyways, I expect Chicago and Detroit to be the big sellers. They got guys that have pitched really well or, or at least have a history of pitching well and that they can move and they're doing horrible as a team. Uh, so it makes sense for them to sell. Uh, I don't think anybody in the East is selling uh, in the AL East. I don't think that anybody in the West is really selling at this point either. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays finally hit a rough stretch. Now they're still five games up on Baltimore, uh, but they lost three straight. They did win today. Uh, 52 and 25 is the record. Still the best record in the uh, major league baseball, but they looked uh, normal for a few few days there. And uh, is this the time that we start to see maybe Baltimore catch up to Tampa? Or do you think Tampa is going to run from beginning to end in the, in the AL East? I think Tampa will, you know, can hold on to the lead. Baltimore is doing well, no doubt about that. Um, but I, I think Tampa is going to rebound a little bit here, um, you know, what they won today. And I guess Baltimore lost today, so that, that changed yeah. things a little bit. And um, I, I think Tampa is going to remain good, but I think Baltimore, you know, may very well be the second team in that division. Um, you know, which is a little surprising, but I think that's very possible. So, so uh, I'll give you this. I, Baltimore just does not have the pitching and if they don't address it, they're just, they're not going to last this season. Um, I like them. I like what they're doing. I think there's a lot of great things there. They've got to find a way to add some pitchers. That being said, I do think Tampa runs from beginning to end in first place in the East. I think Toronto is the team that ends up second in the East when it's all said and done, because Toronto has everything they need to do so. They've got the offensive guys. They have the pitching staff, uh, both the rotation and the bullpen. New York, the Yankees, they just don't have the pitching staff. Um, they've got the offense. They do not have the pitching staff. Uh, and Boston is, is, in my opinion, the last place team in the East. Now, listen, they're four games above 500. They're not a bad team. By any stretch of the imagination, they would be first place in the in the Central. Uh, they would be in the AL Central. They would be up there in the – well, then they wouldn't be in the other divisions. But needless to say, I just don't think Boston has enough uh, on their team currently. To, now, they might get guys back. You know, They've had some injuries. Trevor Story might find his way back and be good again. Who knows? Uh, but that being all said, I think it goes Tampa, Toronto, Baltimore, New York is how it ends in the East this year. But Toronto has to start playing up to their potential – um, they made some additions in the offseason. Those have to pay off. Varsho has not been what he's supposed to be just yet. Brandon Belt just comes back from injury. But, again, they have a rotation and a bullpen that's pretty solid. I think Toronto catches Baltimore before it's all said and done. I just think the Tampa I, – I just don't think anybody's going to catch Tampa. They're too consistent. Even if they lose a game or two, they're going to win another three or four. So 
I think Tampa holds on to that lead, uh, which I did not say that at the beginning of the year. I did not see that coming this year. Uh, but Toronto and New York underachieving uh, and Tampa with that hot start, they got off to a good lead in the division and have looked pretty solid uh, there. I know we'll talk more about it when we get closer to the trade deadline, but when you talk about sellers, now this team doesn't have pitchers, but like a team like the Cardinals, uh, they don't normally, you know, rebuild or anything. Do you think there's a chance? They've got some older players. They've got some really good players. Do you think they will make – you think they, they they would move anybody? I don't think so, and they wouldn't move the big guys. They wouldn't move Goldie. They wouldn't move Arnado. Um, their issue is pitching too. And if they can get one or two pitchers going, then that it changes things for St. Louis. Maybe this year is out just because of how poorly they started. But this is a team that's not far off. Like, they, they really aren't. And in a division that's not that good, there's no reason for them to sell uh, because they got guys that are studs. And, uh, and, and they're pitching, though, is so bad. They really failed uh, in, in adding pitchers this offseason. And it just has not worked for them. The guys that they thought they thought if their pitching was okay, that they would be fine. Well, the problem is their pitching isn't okay. Their pitching is horrible, and uh, and that's crushed them. But I do not think St. Louis is going to be sellers. Not saying they wouldn't move anybody, but I don't think they're moving Goldschmidt. I don't think they're moving Arenado. They're not moving Walker, who's the the newest uh, piece there in St. Louis. Um, they they might try to, but they might have to move people to get a pitcher. You know, they might have to go find somebody. But at this point, no, I don't think so. And I will look into that. Maybe that's a topic for uh, next week or weeks weeks to come down the road, buyers and sellers. To me, it's Detroit and Chicago. Those are the teams you got to look at. Um, they got talent, and you can go out and pluck some guys there. Those are the big sellers. Seattle's another team, Dad. They haven't been what they're supposed to be. Do they start to blow things up? Um, you know, They're going to try to make a run at Shohei Otani, although I think Otani stays in, in, in the Angels. But – uh, they're going to make a run at it at some point. Maybe they start to blow things up a little bit, try to create something. Maybe they offer a ridiculous package to Los Angeles to try to get Shohei Otani. I mean, who knows? Uh, but uh, to me, Detroit and Chicago are the sellers. The White Sox are the sellers. Everybody else is kind of in that odd spot of, you know, maybe a guy or two, but nothing, nothing major going on. Um, okay. Uh, any other baseball things you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, again, we'll see where it falls next week. Been an interesting last week or two. So we'll, we'll see where everybody stands next week. Yeah. We, I mean, we could talk about the angels and the Astros and that kind of stuff, but we've talked about them some already in the past and we will talk about them again in the future, um, as well. Um, okay. Last thing then that I have, no, I got two more things. Uh, NASCAR, we don't talk about NASCAR a whole lot. I do. I do like to follow NASCAR. Uh, made the announcement, uh, I guess, today that, of course, we already knew Kevin Harvick was retiring at the end of the year. Josh Berry from Junior Motorsports is going to step into that that car, the number four car for Stuart Haas Racing, uh, making the jump from Chevy to Ford. Of course, it's uh, moving from Xfinity up to Cup, so it's a pretty big jump. And, uh, and people seem to be pretty excited about Josh Berry getting a full ride. He's had opportunities. Uh, this season up at the cup level, filled in for uh, Elliott a, a couple of races, I believe. Um, and he's run some races elsewhere too. So um, an opportunity for him, he's going to get a full full cup ride next year with Stuart Haas Racing taking over for Kevin Harvick. And uh, and congratulations to Josh Berry. 
Uh, Dad, NFL news, uh, not news, but things that I wanted to, one topic I wanted to talk about was Delvin Cook. Uh, he is, of course, was released by the Vikings, making him a free agent. And start looking around the league, Dad, at people who need running backs. I mean, Delvin Cook, he's, he's had injury issues, but he's been an incredibly good running back when he's been healthy. Um, someone wants him. The question is, is where does he go? If you look around the league, what do you see as the top two or three spots for Dalvin Cook? Well, I looked at that a little bit. Um, it seems to me like Seattle could be a good spot um, for him there. It could be a help, and I could see him fitting there. Um, I don't know where this team is going to be this year, but Tampa Bay has needs, and that might be a spot um, there. I don't know if that'd be where he wants to go. New England, I think, be a possibility. Um, maybe even Kansas City, um, but I'm not sure. And then depending on the Chargers, whether they keep Eckler or not. If not, then they might be looking there. Um, but as I looked at it, to me, again, you know, Seattle could use the help of running back. Tampa Bay could. You know, they're not going to have Fournette. Um yeah, again, I don't know if that's a situation. Don't know that that may not be a positive situation right now, but um, those are the ones I thought about. And like I said, New England, of course, he came out and they talked about wanting to go same place that Hopkins goes, and I don't know if that'll happen or not. Yeah, when I look at this, Dad, I look at it less about what teams have needs and more about what team would Dalvin Cook want to go play for because I think he's at that point in his career where winning is as important as anything else to him. And uh, so I look around the league at some some options for them there. Um, the teams you mentioned definitely need running backs. I think Dallas is an interesting team to watch uh, here. They let Ezekiel Elliott go this offseason. They like Tony Pollard. Uh, but you bring Dalvin Cook in as your second guy uh, or your share the load guy with Tony Pollard. And Dallas is a team that's not far off. I mean, they're a team that could contend this year um, as they are close to contending every year. I mean, last year they won 12 games. So, uh, I think Dallas is an interesting team to watch for. Uh, Vegas could be a team too, Dad, and I don't think Vegas is a winning team necessarily, uh, but there's been a lot of talk about them moving off of Josh Jacobs. Never been a huge – they've never been seemed to be huge fans of Josh Jacobs. Um, and if that – if he moves off, then Vegas could be an option. Denver, again, another team that should be a lot better this year than what they were last year, um, could be an option too. Chargers, I don't think so. Eckler did did resign and re rework some things there, so he will be there this year. I don't think he'll end up there. Cincinnati, though, Dad, is another team that I thought about. So to me, Cincinnati and Dallas are the two teams I like uh, for this. Joe Mixon has had injury issues as well. They're a team that's definitely a contender, um, and I think that could be an interesting fit there too. I'm not sure financially how that works though uh, with Cincinnati, and then Miami's always been the team that everybody points to that needs a, another dynamic offensive player and uh, Dalvin cook could end up in Miami. So Miami, Cincinnati and Dallas are the three teams that I would say to watch out for. Um, I it's starting to feel like guys don't want to go to new England. Dad, uh, Bill Belichick has kind of done his thing. And it seems like after Tom Brady left, people began to uh, you know really understand that it's just not fun. Uh, I've heard Chris long talk about it before, but, it's not fun when you're winning, you're having fun. But outside of that, it's not fun. There, there's no, they don't make it fun in New England. So I think the reputation in New England's not a good one right now. And I think that guys would go there if it's the place that they're going to get playing time. 
but I don't think it's their first choice just based off of going to play for Bill Belichick isn't as fun uh, as they would like it to be. Uh, any thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, that could be true. I think if you look at where does, you know, Devin Cook want to go, then uh, that could be different than teams uh, necessarily that have needs. Um, but you got to, the team needs to look at how will he fit in, um, right. how will it work there. I mean, to me, yeah, Dallas makes some sense, but Dallas is just, to me, always kind of disjointed anyhow. And I, I don't know what, you know, Cook would help that at all. And like I said, they're real happy with Pollard um, there. But you got to have two, right? I mean, you can't just have one running back. Huh? You can't just have one running back. You got to have two. True. True, but you got to have two that are going to kind of work together and be able to be, you know, uh, interchangeable there. And maybe, maybe Cook could do that. Cook, that wasn't really the way he was at um, Minnesota when he was healthy. He was, he was the guy and one of the main guys. So, um, you know, we, we'll see that, that, you know, that could be a, a look there at Dallas or the couple of the other teams, you know, you mentioned. We'll see. The NFL is kind of in a slow slow point right now, but it will speed up rather quickly as we continue to move along. Uh, again, tom- tomorrow, Thursday, will be the NBA draft, so we'll have some things on that next week. Uh, Major League Baseball continues to roll along as well, and we'll keep you up to date on everything else going on in the sports world. Next Wednesday, uh, the plan is to be right here at 8 o'clock. I hope that you'll come back and join us. Sunday will be the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Uh, Get all your fantasy baseball advice and counsel uh, there live on the Sports Stove YouTube page or the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. Or you can always catch the audio version uh, at the Sports Stove Podcast. And then uh, very soon we'll be coming back out with more local hour uh, uh, content from EKU Football. Lots of stuff on the agenda for that. So looking forward to that as well as it comes up upon us. A reminder about Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, It really is great texture jerky, great tasting jerky. Uh, You won't regret it. Go out and get you some Righteous Felon Jerky. I love the Baby Blues Barbecue. That's my favorite flavor uh, if you're looking for my suggestion. Uh, The teriyaki one is really good as well. Uh, But I I love the Baby Blues Barbecue. So try that out. Got RighteousFelon.com. Use that promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase uh, to help you try out Righteous Felon. And if it isn't a gas station near you, you can grab it there. But you can't get the 15% discount at the gas station. So order online. Use BELLYUP. Get 15% off your purchase. Dad, any other thoughts before we head out today? Uh, no, again, um, in the sports world, you do have the College Baseball World Series. Um, we've watched quite a bit of that. And um, and they've it's been some really good games. So, uh, yeah, I've not watched any of it, but uh, right now, as we're doing this show, LSU leads five to two in the bottom of the fifth right. against Wake Forest. Florida did beat TCU today and advances to the championship series. Um, and so we'll see how the LSU Wake Forest series breaks down. LSU has been pretty solid this season, needless to say. Uh, And so, anyways, uh, there you go. College baseball. Uh, Soak it up. Uh, All right, good. Uh, Follow me on social media, at Sports Stove, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Dad's not on social media, so you can't follow him. But 
Uh, make sure you check it out. If you missed any of the episode today, go back and catch the whole episode on the Sports Stove YouTube or on the audio version of the Sports Stove Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the day's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>